that was not a game the Warriors should have lost. It really wasn't. Now, is it time to hit the panic button yet? Is it time to freak out? Not necessarily, because that's a game they could have and should have won. And while I hate to place blame on Steve Kerr, to me, he is the best head coach in the NBA. Last night's Pacers loss was on him. And we'll delve into the why. We'll break down that loss. And I'll explain to you why there's still a lot of hope for this Warriors team. It's only January 21st, folks. We haven't even announced the all-star starters yet. We're still in the dog days. So that's the great news. And we'll break all that down and so much more. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. So if you're tuning into this, chances are you're aware of the fact that the Warriors lost the game. They clearly should have won. It was yet another national TV debacle. Um, and by the way, Charles Barkley was on fire on uh, inside the NBA on TNT last night. I don't know if you had a chance to see him, especially the pregame <laughs> when he levied insane criticism uh, on the Lakers. But so much changed between pregame and postgame because pregame, we were laughing at the Lakers losing to the Pacers. Postgame, Dub Nation is not laughing that the Warriors lost to that same Pacers team who pretty much their entire starting lineup was out. Now, this was a game that showed the Warriors that they can't take any opponent lightly. They just can't. They turned the ball over 21 times to that Pacers team last night. And I'm going to show you the box score in just a second. One of the beauties of the Warriors being home playing at Chase Center. Uh, and they're just starting this homestand, and they got to turn this around. And they're going to play the Rockets tonight. They play the Utah Jazz on Sunday. Those have to be wins. And they should be wins. Because this team, even the way it's constructed right now, without Draymond Green, without, I mean, I, 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 at a certain point, bringing up James Wiseman's name is going to be moot for the simple reason that he hasn't played all year. And at this point, even if he does start playing soon, are you going to play him in the playoffs? Will he have the experience to actually contribute and provide valuable minutes? You can't have players going through a learning process in the postseason. Um, so why don't I start with this before I even break down last night's Pacers game. Paul Millsap is available. And for some reason, I have become synonymous with Paul Millsap, at least on Twitter and various social media platforms, because I was making a very strong argument throughout the entire offseason that Paul Millsap would be a fantastic fit for this Warriors team. And I still do. You know, you want to criticize his numbers the last two years? Go for it. But if you're going to bring up his statistics, also bring up his efficiency numbers, meaning what is he doing when he's actually on the court? His numbers are down the last two years primarily because he's just not playing that much. Um, the game's obviously evolved, so a player like Paul Millsap, who's really a center in a power forward's body, in today's game especially, um, he's going to struggle because on the Nuggets, Jokic was getting most of the minutes, and on the Nets, you have so much firepower there that uh, that Millsap just really couldn't fit in. And the Nets announced that they're going to make him available, whether it's a, a, a trade, a buyout, 
And the great news is the Warriors are in a position now where they don't need to use the mid-level exception on a player like Paul Millsap. A huge reason why they struggled and missed out on players like Millsap, uh, Nicholas Batum, on Patty Mills this offseason was because most of the players and most of the NBA community and fans who follow it were not thinking that the Warriors were championship contenders this year. And a team being a championship contender is very enticing for potential free agents. The Warriors did not have that lure to bring free agents in. Now they do. Even though they've been struggling recently, I want to start off by by, uh, showing you this stat, which shows just how valuable um, Draymond Green is to this team. And for those of you watching uh, on YouTube, you can actually see this infographic I'm going to present. Uh, For those of you listening, of course, I'll verbalize everything. But this infographic, courtesy of the folks at Clutch Points, for those of you that can see it, there it is right there. This shows just how much Draymond Green means to this Warriors team. Could the Warriors make the playoffs without him? Yes, they do have enough talent for that. Could they win a championship without him? Hell no. No chance. And this season with Draymond, the Warriors are 28-6. and six. That's a remarkable record. That is a record of a team with the best record in the NBA. And without Draymond, they're four and seven. Three games below 500. So that's what Draymond Green means to this team. And this is a team that does not have a lot of big men to begin with. Your starting center right now is Kevon Looney. You are hoping for James Wiseman to be your starting center. That dream is fading by the day. Bielitsa should have been playing minutes in last night's game, especially at the end. I was critical of him just a few episodes ago for just being a a three-point chucker. And kudos to Kerr before I start criticizing him or or whoever the coach is that basically talked to Bielitsa and said, look, we don't need you hovering beyond the arc waiting for the ball to heave incredibly difficult three-point shots. We need you close to the rim you, you actually have a solid post game. He does. Bielitsa understands how to play in the post, and that is insanely valuable, especially for this Warriors team that does not have a lot of post players to begin with. But they need his size most of all because Kevon Looney and Bielitsa are the only two big men this team has. That's it. And Looney is not even a natural center. He's playing phenomenally, by the way, these last two weeks, especially with his rebounding numbers and his inside play. But they need size, and Draymond is your third big at a whopping 6'6", which is on. So when Draymond's out, and all you have is Bielitsa, and all you have is Kevon Looney, to me, that's all the more reason to make a push for Paul Millsap, because Millsap is not only a good three-point shooter, but he's also a fantastic re- He's a fantastic post-up player. If you feed him the ball inside, he'll either score or pass it to someone who is in a great position to score. He's a smart player. He's a system player. Depending on the system, he does evolve his game to fit the system. And he's not egotistical. He's not a locker room cancer. He's not going to be a guy who comes in and demands the ball or causes disruptions or you know, as a grump or anything like that. Like he actually, he goes into locker rooms and he does not change the dynamic of it. And that's really vitally important for this Warriors team that's thriving primarily on chemistry. But 
in last night's game, you know, they with Draymond out, uh, all you had for big men again were Bielitsa and um, Looney. And I'm not saying that's why they lost the game entirely, but they could have used them. They could have. They could have gotten some easy buckets from them down the stretch. They could have used them for even a couple as a big man like Millsap for a couple minutes in the in the overtime. Uh, one thing I, w- I want to talk about regarding last night's game. Uh, I think I mentioned the fact that they had 21 turnovers, which is just atrocious. That is sloppy play. You know, I mean, I mean, the Pacers were, were working hard. They earned some of those turnovers, but a lot of those turnovers were sloppy. You just can't have 21 turnovers against anyone. Now, Jonathan Kaminga uh, committed a technical foul, I believe, in the first half. And I read a report that that was the reason why he didn't play at all in the second half. One thing I did not like at the end of that game, there's a lot of things that to not like. And we're going to play some sound from Stephen Curry. When we come back from the break, we're going to play some sound from Steve Kerr admitting uh, all sorts of fallacies he committed. But um, what I don't want to see from this Warriors team ever again is Juan Toscano-Anderson and Andre Iguodala on the floor together. My partner in crime on this podcast, Dieter Kernbach, I hope him and I are, are back together next week. Um, I thought Dieter made a great point that the best substitution for Draymond Green right now is Andre Iguodala. I know Juan Toscano-Anderson also plays that Swiss Army Knife role as a 6'6 guy who plays bigger than he is. But he really screwed the pooch last night. The the From five minutes remaining to four minutes remaining in the game last night, he was a disaster. He committed the foul that, that cost him two points in overtime. He gave up a wide-open three also in overtime that made the score 121-15. That entire minute in the fourth quarter, from the five-minute mark to the four-minute mark, he was worthless, especially defensively. And I'm tired of seeing him shooting threes. Um, His dunk at the start of overtime was solid, but for every good play he did, he had like three bad plays. And I love Juan Toscano-Anderson on this team, but come the postseason, he can't be one of the guys on the floor at the end of games. He can't. JTA, again, I love him. He, He convinced me. Uh, as someone who was very skeptical when he first started playing for the team, now I, I think he belongs, but not in crucial minutes at the end of games. I don't care who the opponent is. And Jonathan Kaminga should have been in there at the end of the game. He really should have. But he wasn't in because Steve Kerr was making this a teaching moment for the rookie because of that technical foul he committed in the first quarter. And even though he's a rookie... I strongly believe if that was Jonathan Kaminga in the game at the end instead of Juan Toscano-Anderson, the Warriors win that game. Because Kaminga's already, as a rookie, as a 19-year-old rookie, he's already vastly superior offensively to JTA. He actually is, what I saw last night in the first half from Kaminga really impressed me. He showed me he's already learning how to play in the post. He was posting up players by the rim last night. His back was to the rim. He had the ball. He had poise. His his head was turning like a swivel to, to find open players. And I think he ended up shooting a fadeaway or something like that and made it. But you need post players in this game. 
And Kaminga's already learning how to play it. I am so excited for the future of Jonathan Kaminga. I can't, I, I really cannot wait to see what he produces. But when we come back, I'm going to really levy some criticism of Kerr because, because last night's loss was heavily on him. Uh, and for starters, just choosing to stick with Kaminga and Iguodala together on the floor, thus vastly limiting your offense, um, was a huge mistake. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. He made a lot of mistakes. And when we come back, I'll get into all that and so much more. But first, I want to talk about one of our longtime sponsors, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. And for you betters out there, the Warriors last night did not cover. That was a ridiculous spread. I saw numbers from 11.5 to 13.5. The over did did come through, and and, uh, that was my pick yesterday. Anyways, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website for you to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on. Again, the promo code is locked on to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. That is a heck of a deal from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Don Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel channel the locked on nba youtube channel by the way one of the hosts is uh, wes goldberg the former host of this program um he moved back to florida and is covering the heat now uh i'm i'm looking forward to getting him back on this program at some point sooner than later um but going back to the warriors um i want to share a a screen with you for your for the youtube viewers and i'll obviously break this down for everyone um listening uh but one of the beauties of the warriors playing their home games at Chase Center, as opposed to being on the road, is that the PR team actually publishes um, the box score, which to me is, again, you can, I don't know if this is an old school thing on my part, but I love these things. And uh, let me, sh- for the YouTube viewers, uh, you could see it here. And for everyone at home, I'm going to break down what on this sheet is vitally important. All right. And let's zoom in a little bit here. So the Warriors have some glaring issues. And two of them that's particularly stuck out to me last night is the offensive play of Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. And those two I'm primarily focusing on because with the return of Klay Thompson, Wiggins and Poole, to a certain extent offensively, are taking a back seat. Wiggins is a fantastic defender, as he's proving last year and this year. You know, they oftentimes assign him to guard the most difficult player on the opposing team. And Jordan Poole is learning and becoming a better defender. But players like them oftentimes need the ball and need to be involved offensively to be involved and and to be engaged in the game as a whole. 
And that is one challenge for Steve Kerr with Clay Thompson coming back is keeping that engagement up. And Wiggins, since Thompson has come back, has struggled offensively. And last night he scored only 11 points. He only shot 5 for 15 from the, from the field. 33% as your field goal percentage is not good. Okay? 33% from beyond the arc is passable, is okay. That's your Mendoza line for whether or not you should be a three-point shooter in the NBA. But his three-point shooting last night was the source of his overall field goal percentage being low. He was only one for six. One for six from three. That's not good. All right? Like, that is not good at all. That's an awful stat. Now, Jordan Poole, again, he's young. He's 21 years old, I believe. This is, what, his third year? And he's made leaps and bounds from even just a year ago. And we all remember those G League stints. And and how when he came back the last time last year, he he was like a different player. He His work ethic is admirable. Everyone says he's one of the first in the building, one of the last to leave, which you always want to see from, from your players. Work ethic is just so important for success in every facet of life. Well, Jordan Poole last night in 24 minutes of play, was one for seven from the field, 0 for five from three, for a whopping five points. Five points for your third leading score. And, and that's the one thing he still has to improve. Jordan Poole at the beginning of the year was in strong contention for the most improved player award. He's still kind of in the running, but you never hear his name that much for consideration anymore. And for every amazing game he has, he just ring them together. And the pool party has to be open 24 seven. It's gotta be, this is atrocious. Now, Clay Thompson, who, first of all, I really wish was playing in that overtime period. They were sorely missing him. I understand the minutes restrictions, uh, you know, and, and the fact that he can't, they just can't throw him back in there and play him heavy minutes. Like he wants to, I'm sure he does want to, uh, but so he played 23 minutes. They're still ramping him back up. He's clearly still not his old self. Uh, he scored only 12 points. But the stat that is most alarming for him, given that he is one of the Splash Brothers, his three-point shooting is what he's most known for, is what he's most synonymous with. And he went 0 for 7 from 3. Now, uh, Kalena Azubuki made a great comment last night during the game. And first of all, on a side note, I hate the fact that I couldn't watch that game on NBA, on, or couldn't watch that game on TNT uh, I, this is the first year, maybe it was last year, but this is not something I'm accustomed to being forced to watch my local feed. Um, this is the kind of stuff we used to see in, in, in other sports. I, I don't remember this in the NBA until recently, but the regional sports networks are apparently exerting power and they want the local fans to watch their game. So we were forced to listen to Fitz. No offense, Fitz. I love you, Bob. But um, I always prefer watching the national broadcast for my team just because it's a fresh, different perspective. And, um, so I, I, that's a side note criticism in terms of like, what's going on? Why do I have to watch the local feed instead of the NBA or instead of the national feed, which in this case was TNT, whatever, regardless, um, because I was watching the local feed, I was able to hear Kalena Azubuki say something interesting, which is that Clay Thompson, um, and I guess Clay admitted this to Kalena, uh, just doesn't have his legs under him yet. He's not there yet, and that's a huge reason why he's having on nights, off nights with, with his three-point shooting. Um, he, You need leg strength. You need lower body strength 
as part of your overall shooting motion. And, and that especially applies to Clay Thompson. And you see a lot of his threes coming up short. I don't think the, the aim is off. I just think the distance is off. Um, but that 0 for 7 number was bad. I mean, that's bad. So there, there were a lot of stats in here that, that stick out to me. Stephen Curry, by the way, who was not double teamed nearly the entire game. Interesting strategy from Rick Carlisle that worked uh, because it forced all the other players to step up. Uh, Stephen Curry had a fantastic game. 39 points, uh, 6 for 16 from 3, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. That's a fantastic game. Um, but no one else stepped up. I mean, the second leading scorer was Kevon Looney with 13. And by the way, 15 rebounds is fantastic. So my one thing with last night's game is, and my one critique or heavy critique, and this is one of many actually, for Steve Kerr is, A, why was Gary Payton II not playing at all? I mean, he's a fire starter. He had two monster dunks in that game, at least from what I remember. Why was he not playing at the end? Why is JTA getting minutes over Gary Payton II? Explain that one to me, please. And B, why wasn't Bielitsa playing at the end there as your big man? He's, he opens the floor. Now, here's the beauty of Bielitsa offensively. You want him in the post, but if he steps away from the rim and positions, positions himself as a three-point shooter, it spaces the floor for other players because defenses do recognize him as a three-point threat. It sucks when he's a three-point chucker and he's just literally not trying for anything except three-pointers. But he can rebound. He's got size. Him and Looney are the two biggest players on the team. And in only 14 minutes of play, he did have five, I'm sorry, six rebounds to go with his eight points. Uh, he was four for five from the field. He was having a great game. And why wasn't he in at the end? I'd, I'd really, you know, Steve Kerr, I'm going to play some sound in just a minute here, and, I, and I'm done sharing uh, uh, this screen with the with the box score. Uh, but like, I'm going to play some sound after this break. But like, what was Steve Kerr thinking there? I mean, he he's when you hear the sound that I play for you, he's he's going to admit repeatedly that he screwed up. We'll talk about the fact that the Warriors flailed miserably in terms of attempting the the foul. Uh, at the end of the game, instead of letting Holiday shoot that three to tie it and send it to overtime, um, there were a lot of mistakes. And we'll, we'll play some sound from Kerr. Uh, we'll, I'll play some sound from um, Stephen Curry as well. But first, I want to talk to you about Build Bar. Those yummy, 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 yummy la, 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 snack bars. It's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Build Bar in your plan. I'm still waiting for them to send me my build bars. I haven't tried one yet. Come on, folks, send me my build bars. Build bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Build bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. That's what everyone tells me. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate built bars only have 130 calories that's nearly half the calories of your typical candy bar only four grams of sugar compared to candy bars which usually have eight times that amount or close to that only four net carbs versus dozens in your typical candy bar 
and it has 17 grams of protein. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes, whether it's at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever they are, throw out all those sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. So many flavors to choose from. Even if you're not a fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, the promo code is locked on to get 15 per, I'm sorry, the promo code is LOCKED15. One more time, just to get that clear. The promo code is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. For making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day, we're free and available on all platforms. I want to play some sound for you here. Um, this is from the post-game press conferences. Uh, first off, um, and again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to be able to see uh, both Stephen Curry and um, Steve Kerr. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, the great news is there's audio. So I, you can hear the audio at least. Um, so first off, let's let's go. Uh, let's start with uh, uh, Stephen Curry. Um, let's see what's going on here. All right. So so this is Stephen Curry talking about the team holding themselves to the standard they set earlier this year. I mean, you're trying to put a string of good games together. Obviously, we know we're about Draymond. You know, getting Clay back into his rhythm. You want to continue to win and keep. Here, I'll start that over again in case uh, there were issues there. Sorry about that. Let me try that one more time. All right, here we go. I mean, you're trying to put a string of good games together. Obviously, we know we're about Draymond. You know, getting Clay back into his rhythm. You want to continue to win and keep good vibes around the team. Um, and you know, as much as you can, you're not again, there's no panic, it's just uh, the standard that we hold ourselves to, and you know, what we've shown that we can do throughout the you know, beginning of the season, you want to hold on to that, um, as much as you can because you know, we made it look easy, but it's really hard to win games in this, you know, in this league, like it's really hard to do what, we, what we're trying to do, so embrace that. Um, again, show your resiliency of how we're going to show up tomorrow night. Do what we need to do to get a win. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough loss. Definitely one you want back. Yeah, and and uh, it was a tough loss. Um, and one thing that's worth noting, talking about those early season victories versus now, the, the Warriors have lost as many games before Christmas as after Christmas. And we're, we're recording this today on January 21st, so it hasn't even been a month. And they've already lost as many games in approximately three weeks as they did in uh, nearly three months. Not good. Um, and then here is uh, Stephen Curry talking about um, uh, Clay finding his shooting stroke again, his splash brother, who um, is off to a mixed start. But again, the expectations had to be low. Right. I mean, you, you like you really cannot 
have come in here expecting Clay Thompson to be playing at an all-star level, right? Um, so here is uh, Steph talking about um, his splash brother. Everything he's gone through is hard for two and a half years, and he's I'm betting on him to, to be able to figure it out over time. Like, there's, there's no doubt that... Um, well, I know him and his mindset and the confidence he has in himself, and he's going to keep shooting. I think he made he had that cool last game. Like, I kept telling him 101. Like, when you shoot 100 shots, you miss it. What's 101 going in? Like, I'm going to keep you know, telling that message because it's going to come. But uh, everything he's gone through, two and a half years off, the minute restriction, not really being able to find a flow, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, but you got to keep the big picture mindset of, of everything he's going through. So, um, obviously, we're rocking with him. Every shot he takes, we think it's going in. Nothing changes on that. Yeah, so, and again, um, Clay Thompson went 0 for 7 from 3. Uh, you know, he's showing flashes of his old, of his old self. But, you, you know, and, and Charles Barkley made a great point um, in the postgame show of Inside the NBA that when a player misses a lot of time and they come back, especially a player of Clay stature, you want to give them 20 to 25 games as the measuring stick before you start judging. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think many people are pointing fingers at Clay. Again, his stats are down right now. Um, but, you know, given how much time he's missed, given his conditioning, um, it's okay. The point is it's okay. But, What's not okay with Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr uh, uh, had a series of quotes of attributions from last night's game. Um, in this one, he blames himself uh, for the Warriors' loss to Indiana, and in my opinion, rightfully so. Between the decisions that were made um, at the end, uh, between the rotations, between—I mean, again, I never want to see Iguodala and JTA on the floor at the same time, ever, ever. I thought that was atrocious. Um, the results indicated that. So, um, you know, and again, it's it's I, a lot of people will fault him. I don't want to fault Steve Kerr for not playing Kaminga in the second half. Um, I'm going to trust his judgment over anyone else's really when it comes to how to treat a rookie. And that includes um, teaching them that tech, the committing technical fouls is just not an OK thing. Um, did it cost him the game? Possibly. Uh, but again, Gary Payton the second could have and should have played. Bielitsa could have and should have played, and for some reason he stuck with um, with JTA. Uh, I didn't mind Iguodala on the floor; his plus minus was also solid. I just, but JTA really had a horrible game. Anyway, so here's Steve Kerr talking about the mistakes he made. Uh, by myself, number one, I didn't think I did a good job uh, preparing uh, the team to, to to be ready to play, and uh, you know, anytime. A team has half their guys missing. It's like the same old story in the NBA. All the, all the guys who play, they can't wait to get out there. And, um, you know, they made 15 threes. They just took it to us all night. And uh, I I did not do a good job of uh, preparing uh, the group. And, um, you know, it was a struggle. I mean, we just... Uh, we, we couldn't really get stops consistently, and I uh, give Indiana great credit. Their guys stepped up and made plays, made big shots, and, uh, you know, we had some, some huge turnovers in the second half. I think we had 14 in the second half, and those really hurt. So just kind of a combination of all that. Yeah, it was 21, uh, uh, 21 turnovers total. 
uh, for the Warriors. Um, and uh, the Pacers, until last night's game, were 0-19 when trailing at the half. Uh, that losing streak comes to an end. Um, two more sound bites to play for you. Um, this one, uh, this is talking about, uh, this is Kerr talking about the team not fouling the Pacers at the end of the game despite being up three. This is a strategy that most coaches do implement. If you're up three with very with just a few seconds left on the clock, you commit a foul so the, the opposing team only has the opportunity to shoot two free throws and score twice and not tie the game. Um, well, the Warriors bungled that big time. Uh, and again, and Steve Kerr takes credit for that. Um, in my opinion, the whole team should have that was on the floor should have taken uh, the blame and credit for that uh, because that was just not a smart play. So, anyways, here's Steve Kerr talking about that. As far as um, you know, the three point shot that. Oh, hold on, hold on here one second. I'm sorry. Uh, let's try this again. Um, all right, there we go. And let's hear Steve Kerr talking about why the team did not foul at the end. As far as um, you know, the three-point shot that tied it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm normally a, a fouler, and uh, you know, I uh, I take the take the hit on that one too. So this was this was my night to to stink it up. So yeah, it was Steve. Um, and I love you, and I think most of Dub Nation loves you. We're grateful you're the head coach of the Warriors. Um, it's, this just was not your night. And, uh, last but not least, um, the Warriors do play uh, another game tonight against the Rockets. Actually, my, my first game is a media member going to Chase Center. Uh, Rick Barry's in town, my buddy. Uh, and, um, I'm going to go check him out. I think they're doing some sort of ceremony for Rick Welts, uh, outside the arena, uh, a couple hours before tip off. Um, and then they can play, they play Rockets. And look, to me, this is a must-win game. You cannot start this homestand 0-2 against two opponents that have no chance of making the playoffs. That's just completely unacceptable. Um, if you want to consider yourself to be a world championship team with or without Draymond Green, you need to beat the Rockets. So uh, Stephen Curry played 44 minutes last night. That is a lot of minutes um, for him, given that he typically plays 34, 35, maybe 36 a game. Um, so here is uh, Steve Kerr talking about um, Steph's minutes uh, for tonight's Rockets game and what uh, we should expect. So here is Coach Steve Kerr. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that's a uh, season high. So um, we'd like to get him back to a normal um, uh, run tomorrow, you know, more in the 35 range. Um I thought he looked great. You know, he felt great. He looked strong. He looks like he's uh, himself. Um, and uh, we just couldn't get him enough support offensively tonight. Yeah, and that's true. He, it, you know, and, and and again, credit to Rick Carlisle for deciding not to double team Steph um, because he decided his entire strategy was Steph, you go do you. I want to see your teammates beat us, and they did not. They did not. Nobody stepped up. Uh, missing Otto Porter Jr. was huge. He's suddenly become an insanely valuable part of this team. Uh, again, Paul Millsap's out there now. I want him on this team. Um, and, and, I, and I hope the Warriors make that push. Because, look, the bottom line is this. We are in late January now, all right? The dog days of the NBA season typically conclude at the all, when the All-Star break starts, early mid-February. And this is always a time of year where the Warriors do struggle. This is customary. This is why I don't think anyone's really panicking yet. But that game was colossally disappointing. 
And Otto Porter Jr. is going to be very much needed when the Warriors decide to start ramping things up as we get to the postseason. He's going to be getting postseason minutes. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm a little surprised Moses Moody didn't play at all, considering that the Warriors need offense. Moody's biggest strength is his shooting. And every time he goes uh, uh, down to the G League in Santa Cruz, he's putting up huge numbers. I think his last game, he put he scored 37. So I, I, I know Kerr has, you know, a hesitancy to play Rooks, but um, look, Kaminga's starting to shine tremendously. And I think Moody's not that far behind Kaminga in terms of being an actual contributor for this team. I want to see Moody more. All right. Look, I, 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 I don't under, you know, I, that's one of the many mistakes I think Kerr made. He could have played him even a few minutes. Moody did not play in that game at all. So, um, and obviously Jordan Poole needs to improve. Obviously Clay Thompson needs to improve. And I think we're going to see that there. Um, I'm actually seeing an improvement from Bielitsa. I was very critical of him a week ago and, and, I don't know if the coaching staff got in his ear and said, look, man, stop shooting so many damn threes. You're, you're better than that. Um, and I feel like they could have used him at the end of last night's game. And they need Draymond Green. if They want to be a championship contender. That's the bottom line. So thank you for sticking with me. That was not an easy one. <laughs> last night's game was not an easy one to stomach. Uh, I went to bed very unhappy and I think a lot of other people did as well, but thank you for making locked on warriors. Your first listen every day. You can follow me on Twitter at docs or Frocho. You can follow this program uh, on Twitter at locked on dubs. We'll be back at it on Monday. I I'm hoping Dieter Kernbach is going to be with me, but I don't know what the plan is there. Um, but regardless, we'll have a show on Monday. Um, and hopefully, uh, when we come back on Monday, We'll be a lot happier with more positive news. The The Warriors play the Rockets tonight, uh, and then they play the Utah Jazz Sunday at home, which is expected to be significantly more difficult, but it's a very winnable game. I mean, the Warriors did win on the road in Utah, and I think they could do it at home again. So um, we'll see what happens on Monday. But thanks for listening. And now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked on Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. And real quick before I go, I do want to give you the lines real quick. For I don't want to discriminate against uh, the betting audience. I should have had that prepared, and I do sincerely apologize for that. Um, so the lines for the Warriors Rockets tonight, the Warriors are favored by 10 and a half, which is high. That is a big number, but... Something tells me the Warriors are going to come out firing. I would actually take that bet. I'm not like sitting here promoting it and saying you should do this. You're going to win big money. But uh, gun to my head, I'm going to pick the, the Warriors to cover that 10.5 point spread. Um, and the OU is 228.5, which is a very high number. But if the Warriors are going to blow the Rockets out, I also do think they're going to score a lot of points. So um, there you go. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for watching. And uh, we'll see you Monday. Thank you. Later.